0: Mouths of the South podcast, a uh, little more low-deaf uh, than normal with uh, Eric being out of town. And uh, Atlanta United's results have been pretty good since Eric has uh, been Shocking. out of town. Shocking. But yeah, uh, again, Sam and Josh with you. Plenty to get to uh, in the Atlanta United realm. Uh, the sweet OFYO shirt, by the way, can be yours. Uh, just go to BreakingTea.com for more on that. But anyway, uh, we got plenty to get to With the form that Atlanta United's been on, like like I mentioned a minute, which has been really good. We've also got uh, plenty to get to with Frank the Boar. Kind of maybe some people uh, needing to eat a little crow on the uh, vitriol that was being spit his way. Although, he didn't really help things by putting his foot in his mouth on a separate issue. uh, That we'll talk about a little bit as well. And uh, then, of course, punching bag season is upon us. As on Friday, uh, the five-straps will take on Orlando it's nice to play them twice in what three weeks it's I know a gift as we like to uh, remind everybody when this game happens Orlando still never beaten never uh, Atlantic never yet. no and Hopefully, uh, uh, this won't be the, won't be the weird right and uh, you, know, you know US Open Cup coming up on uh, yeah. next Tuesday as well so, so again there's a lot going on right right now Atlanta United uh, I guess three points back uh, right now of Philadelphia for first place in the Eastern Conference but uh, do have a game in hand though, so uh, it's just one of those things where I think that Atlanta is. Uh, wait, did, did Portland?
1: Did Portland bring them back even on points? Yeah, actually, Atlanta are top of the East right now. If you look at games in hand, NYCFC technically yeah, they the, control yeah. their destiny. They, they have two, two matches games in hand, in but they would have to win both of both of them, That's and they're not. A, I mean, they have the dominant side. So
0: again, you know, Atlanta United uh, back on top up, and. The performances they've had, I guess we can start with Campione's Cup because that was unexpected, to be completely mm-hmm. honest with you. Um, I didn't really know how Atlanta United was going to handle uh, Campione's Cup in terms of how much they were going to throw into it, how much did it mean to them. But you saw that in the way that the players were playing. That was a very important game yeah.
1: for them. I think that a big part of the surprise was just generally the speed and tempo of the match, mm-hmm. I mean, both sides really, really uh, wanted, wanted that trophy. That tr-
0: trophy or that game, tournament, whatever you want to call it, needed that. Yeah, absolutely. It needed an
1: inject, inject- that. And just in general, I like, think the matchup between Liga MX teams and MLS, I mean, hopefully you're seeing slow progress on this. This would definitely help. And I think the way that Club America, the intensity they played with the show, that maybe the, 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 at least with the few teams in MLS, you can kind of see them coming a little bit in, yeah. in, the, in the Mexican League. So that was a great win. Uh, obviously, like you said, Sam, it was surprising uh, in the sense that obviously you consider Club America favorites coming into the match, but uh, you know it's a match that could have gone either way. But in the end, I think that's that's exactly what you want from a kind of a one-one-off for a trophy. And obviously, to have the MLS side come out on top is even better. Yeah, I just didn't really didn't really thought Land United was going to handle it
0: in terms of, like how much they put into it. You yeah, know? and like. You yeah. saw a full strength starting 11. Yeah. You know, they, they won. You lose to Franco that. Escobar, which is exactly. a,
1: a, a small, uh, well, I don't know, you might say a big negative depending on how long uh-huh. he's out. But uh, that's maybe one you weigh and measure the risk and uh-huh. reward there. But I think as fans, certainly, I mean, you, to, to, to get that trophy and play the way you yeah. did it with I a mean, full strength lineup.
0: It's another life. trophy. Uh, you know, Atlanta United, uh, I saw on, uh, on social, went right in there and changed uh, you know, added a 2020 Diamond 20 Cup. Uh, which uh, shout out to Ryan Cantonese there, great, yeah. great, great performances yeah. with Atlanta United. took in the year, right? Uh, that is correct. Yeah. yeah, even they have a trophy. Well, Man, just- everybody, everybody's got trophies for Atlanta United, yeah. but I, I think mm-hmm. that you know you go from from Campiones Cup in the way that they played, and and really the way that um, you know Joseph Martinez uh, was able to shake off a missed penalty uh, and then you know just hammer one, hump, Which. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, the game got a little chippy in there, and and, and he, don't you know? Tell Miguel Herrera, it didn't mean anything. He was uh, pretty upset with his team's performance yeah. um, um, in the aftermath of, of everything. And you know, Club América is probably the most, most recognizable brand in Mexican soccer. So for Atlanta United to beat them to win a trophy um, is important. And I, and I think again, this tournament, this this competition, the Campeones Cup, needed this injection. Yeah. And hopefully it gets more entertaining from here on out yeah, because I, it, I it was it was really solid a really fun game. And you
1: know what kind of proves your point, Sam, is the way that then the team comes out and plays in Portland mm-hmm. on on Sunday night. Uh, clearly, they were affected positively from a confidence standpoint. Everything from that Club America match, match, just losing Franco Escobar, and then you go play a really difficult match in Portland after, like you said, like you said full strength in the, in the midweek. And really, really outplayed the Timbers, who were starting to really fire on all cylinder, cylinders, feeling good about themselves. And you went up there and, and, and shut up Portland, made yourself feel better about your road form, which has mm-hmm. been abysmal recently. So the Campiones Cup, is a, that, that result is a big reason that I think we're seeing Atlanta United continuing these good results in this good form that we saw with the win against Portland. So yeah, so. I mean, this is almost a completely
0: <laughs> different team from what we were used to seeing, like, you know, a month, two months
1: ago. Yeah, it yeah. looks. I mean, it's, it sounds cliche, but it does, does look like nice. last year. Absolutely. No, yeah.
0: that's that's the way to do it. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of those things where, and we'll get we'll get more into this with Frank DeBoer later, but I think as a manager, you have to, you know, listen to your players. And, and we had a, a period of time where Land United players were not shy about going to the media, giving their critiques was that the best way to do it in terms of the way it made the club look? Probably not. But if the end result is the way that they're playing right now, I think you've got to give credit to Frank Deboer for, you know, for listening, for for, you know, instead of having a big ego and being like, "I'm not going to let these players make me look bad in the media," and then and then it becoming like a thing, you know, as a manager, sometimes you admit maybe when, when you're wrong. And and I don't I don't necessarily know if it's that much of a stylistic change from what Frank DeBoer was even trying to do in the beginning. It's more getting Barco back and Barco meshing with Pizzi because Pizzi has played much, yeah. much better since Ezekiel Barco has gotten yeah. back. And I think it just has to do with what roles these players got comfortable playing.
1: Yeah. And uh, a big part of that is the formation switch that we've. I mean, we've talked about that constantly on right. the last few episodes. But obviously, when you're able to play Barco and PT kind of both as attacking free, with kind of free positioning players with Joseph Martinez, it's going to look a lot better. Better, I think. The big thing with PT San, it's it's. Usually, I hate when people say things like this, but he, he I test. I mean, he just does look mm-hmm. more lively, quicker, and uh, and we were saying before. More hungry, you know. It's, yeah. it's like he's getting into plays like. I guess harder or with more intensity and and we're going to get killed for saying that and and you know what that's okay Uh, uh, (laughs) and and I do understand like that that, that that's a a—that's not normally the way you normally be able to clearly chart a player's progression statistically or things like that for PT I think if you go back and watch the Portland game I think the main criticism is still it's just not coming off quite enough for uh, quite, quite enough for him. He gets into the final, misses on the final ball. He had a couple of shots inside the box where he misses the entire target. Mm-hmm. The big difference for me is that now he's getting into those positions in the first place. We know that he has quality. I mean, nobody will deny that. So you've got to be feel a lot better the fact that he's starting to look more dangerous and taking his shots from inside the 18 as opposed to having to shoot from 30 yards away. Yeah, he's missing on final balls, but at least he's getting more opportunities to get to the last third and play them. And I think a big part of that is Barco being a guy that can uh, draw defenders away from him in the midfield and in the final third and allow him to play make. But I think that the most encouraging thing, he's not there yet, but the simple fact that, that you're going to see him look more dangerous is, is a huge step in the right direction. And as I mentioned, he has the quality. If he can mm-hmm. put that final ball, final touch together consistently to to, to, to kind of reach the uh, heights that we expect of him this season.
0: Yeah, you don't have moments that he's had, and he's had quite a few. You yeah. know, the the late header against D.C., Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, again, he's had these moments where that quality has shown through. Mm-hmm. It's just about the consistency. And I think just getting back to a role that he was more comfortable with, where Joseph and Barco are doing, and Gressel as well, are doing most of the work mm-hmm. in the attack, and he is just kind of a supplemental piece in there. But Because that's kind of, as as bad as that sounds, because he's, you know, you know expensive of a player to right. be a supplemental piece, or at least some would say that. But... I just think when there's less responsibility and kind of he has more freedom to kind of, you know, do what he wants, I Mm -hmm. guess. And and this all sounds horrible. This all sounds horrible. But that's the type. that's the kind of of player he is. Yeah, and I mean, he's
1: a unique player in the sense that that, um, he wants to have that freedom so much that he, he really needs to stay forward and attack mm-hmm. so he can find little pockets of space but at the same time he's not a 9 he's not a striker. Well, no, so. No. so he's he players like that are difficult to in tactically mm-hmm. and I think, think Atlanta are finding a way and when, when you have a box to box player like Barco mm-hmm. behind him like Almiron was uh, last season although different but so similar, different yeah. but similar in terms of the role that they play mm-hmm. connecting defense to attack um, that opens th- things up for him quite a bit so I, it, it's, it's been better from him and uh Hopefully, hopefully you'll see more of the same. I mean, you look at the Portland match. Obviously, like we said, okay, so he missed on a few of the final balls where he could have done better. But, I mean, he he embarrassed Diego Char the <laughs> midfield, who's one of the best-holding midfielders, to me, in MLS history. Um, he had quite a few other dribbles. Uh, he started hitting the range ball, the switch ball roll really well. That was when he was missing on early in the season. It was also when he got where, he took,
0: taken down in the box, you know, when he got... Right, and, let's, let's,
1: <laughs> yeah. and then, yeah, he should have won... I mean, you could say two penalties. I I... I would think that MLS, uh, as they did with the penalty, he should have won uh, 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 against the Galaxy as mm-hmm. well. I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if MLS makes a statement saying they missed uh, the second – I think it was the second claim where Chara clipped him from behind. Yeah. Um, and that's another big thing is he has to adjust to the way that the, the, the league is officiated. I think you're starting to see that as well where – and I don't want to criticize. To me, to me, the problem with MLS officials, the way that they do err on the side. Oh, come on, pro. Come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, you know, we want to – I will get to that another time. But, I mean, the reality is that MLS is officiated, I think, in a, in a way that favors physical play over creative pro oh, attacking sure. play. It's very EPL in that sense. Yeah, but early and early. I think he – but to another degree almost where it's almost an American football mentality where – Yeah, know, it's there, even more there, hard There was a play sure. early in this Portland uh, match where uh, P.T. – I can't, he was basically on the ball at the end line. He had mm-hmm. run it down. He was in kind of a bad position, and, and Bill Wilma came out and just clattered him yeah. on the end line. And and it was it was an awkward situation. Way she but he's going in, in like that. P.T.'s such a good dribbler, you know. So and then the referee just froze in the play, and there's no call. You know, PT, I think he's doing a better job of understanding uh, when he needs to stay on his feet, when he needs to go down, when he fouls. Kind of the same thing we saw from Barco. And I think you're seeing it I'm too. I mean, I think I'm a lot of too. when yeah. these
0: players get into the league, mm-hmm. maybe in the Spanish league, I mean not Spanish league, but but the South American leagues, you know, diving isn't viewed as uh, with as much hostility Well I just think you know, just is, dribbling, so-
1: dribbling is, is, is more you protect your your creative dribbling players in and in a culture that values that type of play more and more You always talk about we wish the, the American culture yeah, would no, value that more and that translates into the way the game is officiated mm-hmm. but certainly, certainly I mean you looked at this match I mean he was really really doing a great yeah. job of dribbling past players getting into the last I mean story.
0: there's still the moments in the game that he does some things like he'll take a shot where he probably should have passed and things like that that, yeah. that are maddening but you no, know, it's funny when you go down the
1: PT rabbit hole every time, but he really is a fascinating player. He is. And,
0: uh, he, he, it's like he's not Atlanta United's best player by any stretch of no. the imagination. He's not their worst player by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, he's just fascinating to pay attention to because he's got a different mentality, you know, he came in He sees
1: the game differently I think than anybody absolutely. anybody. I mean, he he's uh and again, that's what these types of players are like yeah. that that aren't necessarily I don't want to say he doesn't play defense, but he, he, doesn't even, he doesn't even have like, a defined position. Like exactly. it just seems
0: like he he wants to as I said earlier, you know, let some of the other guys do more of the grunt work in the attack and he kind of just comes in as the icing absolutely. on the cake or something. Yeah, but.
1: exactly. I mean, so I think the last thing I'd say about PT is we need to do uh, one thing that some of the early criticism came from and it totally makes sense why but i think maybe we didn't really understand the type of player he was to me because to me even in the mls and, and again it sounds bad but it's not he's a role player but he's a role player that tries cra- creative stuff and uh crazy you know he's gonna try to take you one BB one. he's trying to pull a shot from 35 yards away you know you know that that's what he does so when mm-hmm. it comes off and you look at his YouTube highlights it looks like he's a superstar but really the reality is he's trying these things over and over again and and you fail more than yeah. what you don't see on
0: YouTube is the six times he failed at trying and that's okay
1: that's okay there are lots of players like that but that's not a player you can build your and again we're going to get killed for this but that's not a player you can build your entire team around I don't even
0: think we should get killed for that because I think what we've seen with Pity is look I think people were way too harsh on him in the beginning, yeah. and now that he has found a role that seems to suit him best on this team, this team better. What so, were your,
1: so, so, what were your takes defensively from the Portland match? I, mean, I, I thought you. Oh, uh, I, I thought overall it was it was a good defensive yeah. performance.
0: I'll say that Portland is a very stout attacking side. Yeah. So you know you've got Valeri, you've got Blanco, um, you've got Ebobisa. Yeah. You've got a very strong attacking unit there in Portland. And you know there were times where I think some of the Atlanta United players were caught out. I mean, I mean, look, Portland was very wasteful in this game.
1: I, th- I think you have oh, to uh, say that. I mean, Fernand, Brian Fernandez had horror, horror up top. You right. Know I mean, right. he's been scoring goals for fun since he came to MLS, uh-huh. and not only was he, did he miss chances, but he was, but he was wide yeah. a bunch. Yeah. So you know, yeah, know, I mean to the Atlanta United defense, but you did see Portland. I mean, it, it was Atlanta United's game, but you definitely saw Portland. Portland as they you they and out the chose, break, you know, and, pick and choose, you know, pick and choose your
0: moments because Atlanta's going to come at you full bore now. It seems, it yeah. seems like that, that has been what they've been building to getting their players healthy and, and, and Frank Tabor really getting to the field is, you know, first choice 11. Right. Um, and, and I feel like it's really starting to come together to where, yeah, Lanny Knight is going to be kind of clicking on, on, on all cylinders when, when you're playing them, so you have to pick and choose your moments. And Valeri had a few chances, you know. I mean, of course he's going to have those in the game. But, yeah, you mentioned, you know, with Fernandez, Fren- Fren- uh, not, not – finishing the chances that he he should have. I, I think it was it was it Blanco the one that got hit it right right over the ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um you and know right you in had, front of Guzan. And then Guzan
1: made a great save in the 87th minute length. Yeah,
0: I I think I saw where I think it was like maybe compared to like say save, save of the year in MLS and I wanted to be hmm. dial that back because I mean it was kind of right. He did have to make a quick reaction, but it wasn't super far away from him on the save. Still a great reaction save. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to take anything away from Brad No I
1: I agree. I agree with that sentiment. I would say defensively, though, Sam, I mean, I think you saw – you did see Portland break a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's because – because you know, well, that's what Atlanta's doing. It, it, it was a wide-open game, right? I mean, Portland's going to try to win them at home. It was well, very
0: play. similar to the Campeones game in terms of just – Yeah, just and you saw Atlanta United
1: mm-hmm. excel in, in that type of match again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really great to watch. But I thought in the end you saw both teams getting to break. Atlanta United had most of the play. And then they, they defended much better. I mean, like mm-hmm. you said, Sam, of course, you're going to concede chances against a team of that type of quality on the road, having just played midweek and all the things. You know, Rockets environment. Five too. matches in 15 days. Yeah, great great environment. Um, Shout out to the uh, away support, by the way. We got a tweet. Yeah, you, you could hear uh, them really yeah, clearly yeah, on the podcast. We broadcast. got a tweet into
0: us before the game and uh, just, mm-hmm. just lauding the away. So that was a game, game that I marked on my calendar. I really wanted to get to. Didn't end up uh, making it. This, this place we're recording right now is my new apartment, so I'm, try, I'm trying to get all that to you, But... Not that y'all care about that. Uh, and, and plus, the people listening to this will have no idea what we're talking about uh, as we stream live on YouTube as well. But, uh, you know, I think that what we've seen from Atlanta United, and this is kind of a transition into a little bit of a Frank DeBoer segment here, what we've seen from Atlanta United is a maturation, I think. And obviously a lot of that has to do with players getting healthy. I mean, Marco coming back c- cannot be over over did like you know how important he was right. to what Atlanta United wanted to do. And I think that sort of just unlocked the entirety of the team chemistry because you heard Joseph Martinez after the game. By the way, I love because I don't care if he does interviews in English or not, like it doesn't matter to me, but I love the fact that he's so committed to like Atlanta and could you know you talk about or he always says Atlanta's home and then he yeah. doesn't feel like he wants to go anywhere else to commit yourself over the time you've been here from, like, basically speaking no English or very little English to being able to do an entire post-game, post-game without yeah, yeah. our man Justin uh, translating for Online you. Online television. Online television. television. Mm-hmm. Fox Sports 1 broadcast. That warmed my heart to see that, man, because it just shows how committed he and is. And now he loves Atlanta. And now he loves Atlanta yeah. and, and, and wants to be assimilated in. You know, he yeah. wants to be a part of the culture. Um, so as a, you know, as native Atlantans ourselves. Uh, that that hit me, you know, because again, I don't care if he does these interviews in English. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It's cool, yeah, but I mean, it shows yeah. there is
1: an actual genuine connection there with him. Mm-hmm. The
0: city. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I just want to say yeah, cool. that, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, part of that, one of the things he was saying was his connection with Julian Gressel. And, and you know, he was like, "Yeah, you know, Julian knows what I want," and and going to their goal um, just for for Gressel. I mean, there had to have been some sort of like glance, like like at one point their eyes had to have met because I don't think Russell, you know, makes that pass without, you know, knowledge that Joseph's going to make that run. So I feel like there's got to be some sort of nonverbal signal there because Joseph was in a perfect position. I mean, yeah. it, when he first got that ball, I didn't think there was a chance in hell he was onside. But then, you know, you, you see... The, the replay and the way that he bent his run in there like there, like and then for Julian to see see it. I mean that connection is special. Like yeah. that is one where those guys and Julian I, I would need to look this up, but I would say that maybe the majority of Joseph's goals uh for Atlanta United have been assisted by Julian Gressel.
1: I mean I don't it's, think that that's a you It know, was around uh, around Obviously to get out of Miron would be, you know Yeah, <laughs> so. but I mean he had he was around half of them last year. I mean yeah. I think the connection between them yeah. I mean, we've seen that so many times, Sam. You almost wonder if they do even glance at each other at this point. Or, or if, if it's just, yeah, I'm going to do this. You know what I'm going to do. One thing about that goal is it's a mirror image of the little Yankees scored this year here against Cincinnati. Well, other than the finish, which
0: is, because we still don't know what to call all that finish. Yeah, right.
1: But it was a mirror was image of the goal against Cincinnati way earlier in the season when the team was in really, really poor form, yet you were still seeing that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a mirror image where Russell basically got the ball in the right, slots him in behind between two defenders, Joseph finishes, um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't even really know how to explain it, but I think you know if you connect it to the Frank De Boer part of this, going to the three five two, mm-hmm. or I, although, although some people call it the three four three, and I think there that's is, way more uh, of a Dutch like like
0: system, like a three four there, three, and, and then again, uh, you know,
1: we won't we won't go far down the tactics perhaps, I, but I, I did been. write an article about the dirty south soccer. <laughs> there mm-hmm. are there are <laughs> definitely some definite differences. Uh, this is kind of a mix of a 3 5 2, 3 4 3 type of system. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, Gressel getting into space on the right as a wing back, uh, which is more or less what he's playing, whether mm-hmm. it's 3 4 3 or a 3 5 2, it's an incredible weapon because, again, you would think against Atlanta you would want to defend compact, right? If you have Marco yeah. in there, you got, got Petey in there, you got Joseph in there, you got Nagby, you can go box to box. You've got. Uh, uh, you know, uh, even Rometty running forward into the attack. I mean, okay, not Rometty. I just, I, just, I just say so many names. But that's it's a, good, <laughs> it's a good amount of attacking players on the hill. So, you oh, so you know, and we saw New York do this. Um, we saw Portland kind of do this. It, it's try to defend real narrow to deal with those players. And you would think conventional wisdom would say, okay, we'll just let Julian Gressel cross the ball into the box from space or try to play balls in behind from his own half. And that's not going to—as long as we're in position, that won't come off. But his service is just so good. It's so great, I mean, you man. can be—I mean, the, the Campiones Cup goal, Joseph was 1v3 in the box. I mean, it's not like there weren't numbers back or anything. It's just like if Julian Russell gets in space, his service is that good— where play that typically you would be happy to allow against a type of team like mm-hmm. it, like it, a direct kind of cross into the box becomes a real, real weapon. And then we've seen some teams have to go and kind of man mark wrestle out wide, and space opens up in the middle. So yeah. the, uh, the biggest part, I think, of the move Frank DeBoer made from a tactical standpoint, Sam aside from that, it, we're attacking faster, or whatever, whatever the crap that means. Is <laughs> it re- means nothing. Yeah, right. It means we're playing it means better. It is is Gressel in that wide position where you kind of have to leave him in space? Well, like when he had to
0: move into the middle, like when Barco was out, and, and it didn't even stay that long. I mean, he played in the middle for a, little, for a little bit. I think Frank DeBoer is like, no, Pidgey doesn't want to do this, but I have to put him here because Gressel is way out is way wide. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just think that when I see Julian Gressel, you know, this is a very, um, you know, Manchester United viewpoint of things. But so what a shot. Uh, he looks very much like, you know, a Europa League player two thousand, two thousand one, you know, ninety nine oh. David Beckham when he puts in some of these crosses. Just because like that accuracy. No, that's that and I'm not comparing a player because they do things a lot differently. Beckham was more of a plant foot cross in. Bressel tends to be able to do it on the run a lot more. But just the accuracy that he puts this stuff in there with is insane. No, I and mean- and that that right right field it's so funny because, you know, in, in the classic days of soccer, it was called a right midfielder. <laughs> that position almost fails to exist right. now because you're either a right winger or, like, a right wing back. Yep. Like, like the systems and people. Yep. And blows, like, 4-4-2 is basically dead. Like, nobody runs that anymore, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. So, um, that traditional right midfielder is something that doesn't really exist anymore. But the way Gressel plays sometimes, I see that. I see yeah. that, you know, he would have thrived in like, uh, turn of the millennium EPL, you yeah, know, yeah, way that back. he can yeah, play. A, a, and I think he's a player who you know, may not be with him at Lane United much longer just because, because how are they going to people away uh, if they if he continues to play the way mm-hmm. that he's played? Mm-hmm. Because he is that is an invaluable thing to have is somebody that can put in that kind of service. Um, you kept mentioning Frank DeBoer. I know I said we were going to transition to that. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, aren't you to... all
1: mad about Frank DeBoer? Well, I, thought I, 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 am. I thought this
0: was a I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But uh, <laughs> I did want to clear out. we got some comments here on the, on the page okay. that are interesting. Nice. Uh, Michael checks in with his Nagby, the most underappreciated player in the league. He says the answer is yes. Oh, so Why'd
1: you ask if you already know the answer? Well, I
0: mean, I'm not saying he's wrong either. I mean, the fact I we've, we've seen Darlington Nagby over and over again. He's one of those guys that doesn't show up <clears> on the stat sheet she, in a lot of these. But even with like you know newer analytics and things like that, you're starting to see just some the, the ways that the offense moves through him in transition. It's almost like uh, him and him and Barco are 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 to the you know the front and the back of the motor, if that makes any sense. You know, mm-hmm. like like it's kind of Nagby's job to turn from defense into that attacking sector, and then Barco takes it and helps you know finish everything off, or or it doesn't have to be Barco, but. Darlington nagby is just so damn important. We saw him, saw him you know, play have a tremendous game against Portland to the point of uh, making it into their uh, team of the week.
1: Uh, that that was as week. good a match as, as I've ever seen him play. Yeah, I mean he was he was just fantastic. I mean, and, and like you said, Sam, I mean, it's, it's so rare you see a player that can be pressed, pressed, and pressured around your own goal and He's not so comfortable feel nervous ball, at all. Though, not yeah. feel nervous I mean, at all. There mean,
0: was a, was 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 he the one that like had like a he took the ball like in the box and like tried to create from, like, out of attack. I can't remember if it was him or not, but if it was, it just shows that, yeah, his comfortability on the ball is such that, you know, when I, wherever I see him on the field, on the field ball, one thing I'm not really really worried about is a turnover.
1: Yeah, he's playing the best of his, best of, probably maybe of his career career right now. I mean, I... I'm sure everyone would just pick someone on their team who's the most underappreciated player in the league, but I'm going to argue for my man Nagby. Yeah, he's been. And I'm going to say U.S. men's national team. They've gotten w- it wrong with T-F- him so much.
0: Are you doing? They've gotten it so wrong with him going back from. Put Klinsman, this man on your damn roster. I mean, Klinsman trying to play him as a four, which you know is is not the role that he wants to to be. He definitely wants to be more of a a creator in the midfield than a sort of, you know, last line of defense before you get to the back line. So that's not what he wants to do. And, and we've seen, you know, the, the way that things are going now, and, and, and you still get, you know, meaningful and big-time minutes for like a Michael Bradley when it just seems clear to a lot of us that a like-for-like like switch of Nagby and for Bradley would be so much better for what this team I think
1: our, is. our own uh, Joe Patrick tweeted out it's been 500 and something days, so it's I mean it's it's absurd. This isn't like a recent thing. I mean I just you got to at least give the guy a shot. But and yeah, uh, Chris, uh, by the way, before we move on to FDB, Chris checks in
0: with the. Uh, he says the way that we've been playing recently, Barco seems to seem to be as heavily relied upon as originally thought. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I th- I think Barco makes it look so effortless a lot of the time that maybe it looks like he's not as, like, heavily relied upon. Um, but the question goes on to say, if we're to sell him this summer, uh, would we be worse or better off? Um, much worse. And, uh, MLS's transfer window is closed anyway, right? So, I guess it doesn't
1: matter. Yeah, I mean, technically, you could probably still... I, guess, I know, like, for instance, English play, like, like Pablo technically could still be sold to Real Madrid. I'm guessing it's the same in MLS, but mm-hmm. I never want to speculate on MLS rules, because <laughs> there are no rules, but, uh... It's a thunder, thunder Yeah, I mean, I, I, will say about that is I think when Barco goes, he's going to go for a, for a lot of money, and uh, and probably uh, gonna I would say break break the uh, Almiron uh, the fee when you consider how young he is, when you consider his performance in the Under Twenty World Cup, or to me he was one of the three three or four best players in the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and and obviously he's playing great for Atlanta United. It's an interesting point though. I mean, I do I can understand that. I mean, you don't want to necessarily rely on Barco for everything, right? Because you have a lot around him. Um, so I could see why, um, particularly over the last couple couple months, why it might seem that way. I would argue he wasn't even at his at his best in Portland. He missed a big chance, missed on a, missed on a couple final. Also, uh, I I would say his influence is critical, absolutely critical. If he's not out there, Atlanta United become a much easier team to defend. But I uh, uh, I would kind of agree that um, he's not. If you have all those players in the lineup as as much, you you, you don't have to rely on him maybe yeah. as much as in the past. But, but Land you, United has a lot of good players, right? You but, know. but hey. if you lose if you lose him, the the level drops much more it than anybody anybody around. else in the team. Well,
0: plus that level drops, and you're and again, and you can criticize Pity for you know maybe you know not doing what's best for the team for the team or whatever. But If Barco's out, then Pitty's not going to be able to play the role that, you know, quote, he wants to play. Right. And so that, that makes things much worse uh, for Atlanta United. And then
1: there's another interview on Argentine Radio. Where... That's right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I'm and glad then, we're past that part yeah, of the season. Thank God. For now. Thank God. We've got a couple of Orlando things to get to. We're going to end our podcast with a little Orlando preview for Friday. Certainly some interesting questions on maybe what Atlanta should do with that lineup. Uh, our man Coach Steve says, uh, congrats on your tournament success. Jerry. Yeah, and I guess Coach I should Josh. have brought
1: that up. Uh, my my, uh, my juggernaut 12s. Tw- 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 hey. uh, <laughs> We, uh, we've got a really good group. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you, Steve. Frank DeBoer. This is what I want to get to here
0: because earlier in the season, uh, you know, Josh, you went on a crusade trying to out all of the people that were, uh, you know, quote, unquote, anti-Barco. Yes, or, the people uh, who now say he's
1: suddenly become a good player. <laughs> I guess he just practiced really hard in the offseason. Now he's magically good. Yes. Um, Idiots. There. <laughs> got it in, everybody. We someone, <laughs> someone got
0: to be called an idiot. I'm not going to use that word. <laughs> um, because I don't want to be sub talked about or sub tweeted or whatever. I'm want.
1: talking straight straight to Barco haters. There's no tweeting. Uh,
0: please, please don't make a highly edited video about us. Um, you buddy, can me, <laughs> idiots, idiots, <laughs> idiots. Yeah, uh, just just uh, all the data was there. I'm sure all of you have much more yeah. valuable things to do with your time than that. But anyway, yeah, I'm taking yeah, because I, I like I like which I like your your sentiments on Frank DeBoer. So Thank you, yeah. um, Frank DeBoer. You know, is is a, a guy who definitely came into Atlanta United with a lot of kind of head scratching because people are like, "Well, what happened to his last two jobs?" Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's that's what it was. Like, well, look what happened at Inter. Look yeah. what happened at uh, Crystal Crystal I just
1: love the voice. Yeah, no, yeah. no, thanks. Um,
0: But look, those are European clubs, and and you know, in the EPL, if you follow it, you know that managers get fired for the stupidest reasons and and sure. with very short of a leash. And Inter Milan. It, they've been a mess basically since they won the Champions League. I mean, they've, they've been, an, uh, you know, I guess it was Mourinho uh, and the uh, and, uh, Melito brothers, I think, played on the team. Um, but, yeah, they've been a mess since they won that Champions League. So I don't really look at those two examples, especially anything that happens with the, with a team that's like 10 or lower in the EPL because they fire managers like, you know, the seasons change.
1: Yeah, and if I mean, I think anyone, whether you hate or love Boer's style of play, that doesn't work with Crystal Palace's no. roster in the Premier League, so there's context to it as always.
0: Exactly, and I just think that everybody jumping on Frank, you know, Boer out and all this nonsense was laughable because you have a coach who's coming in, and we've talked about this before, I don't want to, you know, beat this dead horse necessarily too much, but you lose Miguel Almiron, and that completely changes the dynamic of the team. So what did Frank DeBoer have to rely on when, I guess, learning about the team before he actually got to work with them? Tape. What does that tape feature heavily? Miguel Almiron. So he had to figure out a way for this team to exist and play and be without that guy. And so he wasn't really able to do that, I don't think, until he got his hands on the players, got him in the building, and, then you know, that that's a process— It takes a while, and we saw this sort of divisiveness, you know, between club or or players and manager, and we talked about it earlier, how it came out in the press when maybe it shouldn't have. But quite frankly, it seems to have had desired result because a lot of you out there, Frank DeBoer is stubborn. He'll never change anything. I mean, it looks like he's changed a lot. I mean, it looks like he's, he's realized that, you know, I may want this team to eventually be this, but for right now they have these players that are better at this. So, uh, it just seems like he wasn't getting enough credit or it's one of those situations where, um, you know, the players weren't really getting any of the blame for not adapting Mm -hmm. to the new system. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, um, I'm, I'm a strong believer that, that managers, you know, they get too much credit, credit go right, they get too much blame, things go wrong. Right. I think you can still make some arguments. I mean, I'm, I w- I'm not still not sold on DeBoer as a manager. I still think there are some tactical things uh, that the team does that bother me. Um, but that doesn't mean I, I would want to fire him. Right. Uh, and I think that the players, in the end, you can absolutely, even if Frank DeBoer was a bad manager, and I'm not saying, saying he is, you could still have success because the players are really, really what drive the team forward. And the players should know and, that, that that like
0: insubordination that I call oh him no, and, 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 like, and that then, was
1: bad. And, and 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 hopefully that's that's the last that that happens. And, and at the same time, it's like it
0: worked. I mean, yeah, I mean, look at what's stubborn. happening. Right and now. You have
1: to give, but to that, I mean, you think you have to really give credit to Frank DeBoer. No, well, he's too stubborn. What are you talking for, about? And 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 that's actually the poopiest take of all the poop takes. <laughs> is that he is that he was too stubborn when he played. The, the this switch to three five two was almost part of a natural progression of him mm-hmm. getting to know the team, especially without Miguel Almiron. And even now, you could say, like you were saying, a three four three. Exactly. And you started the season in a three four three. Didn't totally work. You went four two three one. Then you had all the injury issues. You had four four two a few games to suit PT, so he'd stay up top with Joseph Martinez. Then you went back to the four two three one three one four three, and then you went to three three five two. That's so says he's if, been very. It, flexible. I mean, yeah. So I mean, I, I just. It, it, I don't even know man I think quite clearly he's been tinkering from the team from day one and I think he has clearly taken some of the feedback from his players hmm. I do think that he is guilty and he admitted this uh, of maybe not being as adaptable as he should have but, but it
0: seems like he is now and, and I think that people
1: play. don't realize like even if Tata Martino was here there would have been a big tactical adjustment with Miguel mm-hmm. on their own gone I mean, I mean he, he, you were able to play in the playoffs where you could play five in the back right. and still be extremely dangerous because you could get the ball run 50 yards on the counter. You it.
0: just get him the and ball he, and get everybody out that, of the that, way. There's,
1: yeah, there's, yeah. That, I mean, MLS hasn't really seen a player like that before. I mean, and and, and, and a player like that in MLS right now. So, I mean, I think How that, dare you disgrace Latin like <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. God, thank God. Yeah, goodness. <laughs> thank God we played them already. He would have been—he uh, would have come after me. Yeah, but, but he didn't even... Uh, then I would have been the idiot. But, yeah. uh, you know. But uh, I think that, you know, certainly... Um, it's like, I'm a stupid... DeBoer, <laughs> I think uh, he's been quite flexible. And I yeah. think even at times where he didn't want to be. And um, and like I said earlier, there, there are still some parts of the DeBoer system that we saw early, early on are still a part of what we're seeing now. So we're that's the other poop take. Is <laughs> to... Uh, he bar- had to abandon right. this whole system. This is what people do. They, they, they give you a bunch of early hot takes, and then the ones that are right, because you have so many takes that are out there, some of them are going to be right. You say, see, take, me, take see, I told you, I told you. And then the ones that are wrong, you're like, oh, my God, there's there's been this incredible transformation. You know, Barco suddenly, I don't know, became a good player. You know, Frank DeBoer suddenly became not stubborn. And the big thing with Frank DeBoer is, oh, he's just mimicking what Tata Martino did. Yeah, about. that's the funniest part now, yeah. He's not even coaching, he's just copying his style. And now, you know... Now they can, can show later to training or whatever, you know, just like, give me a break. This is a mix of here mm-hmm. and this year, and that's what Frank DeBoer, I think, has been trying to find from day one. Exactly.
0: And it just seems like, look, this team is playing much, much better soccer now uh, than they were playing to, you know, to begin the season. And regardless of what certain people at certain elevations of uh, MLS media coverage may think— uh, this is clearly the second best team right uh, now in, in the league. Yeah, right now. I, you know, of course, I, and that's the thing. This is fluid because yeah. things change, people get hurt, uh, teams try new things. But this is a situ- situation now where Atlanta United is. You know, I said it earlier, clicking on all cylinders. They're they're they they're the best they've played all season, and uh, they'll need that to continue this weekend, as uh, it is once again time for Orlando City. That is right, Atlanta heading down Yay. to Orlando for the second time. Uh, in a month, and uh, it'll be uh, an MLS game this time, not the semifinal of the Open Cup as it was a few weeks back. And this game is interesting because we have a couple comments uh, on our YouTube stream here. Uh, Elliot says, should Atlanta rest all of the stars for Friday and be ready for the U.S. Open Cup final? And that's followed by Chris, who says, going to hack at our players to try and weaken our side for the U.S. Open Cup final. I hadn't really thought about that until right now. <laughs> And it's weird, because I think if this were any other team in MLS, I would say maybe Atlanta doesn't start some players. <laughs> but, as a fan, O-F-Y-O, you know, we're playing Orlando. So, it's tough, because look, the Open Cup is monumentally important now. Because, it, you know, Atlanta's not going to win the Supporter Shield. You know that's gonna go to LAFC. Okay, I think at this point, <laughs> yes, I think that's yeah. barring same, same some, some same. monumental yeah. collapse, yeah. Uh, the Shield's going there. So that means they're gonna they're gonna yeah. Champions League spot for winning the Shield. The you know Atlanta United could still go win MLS Cup, and that would be great. But that's months from now. This is easily This your is right now. This is your best chance, right now, your best chance yeah. to get that Champions League spot. Oh, right. And, and that's what that's I'm... Right. I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. concerned right. with the trophy because Atlanta yeah, just right. won one. Right. I'm more concerned about the Champions League at this yeah. point. So... That's true. If you can win the U.S. Open mm-hmm. Cup, get in the CONCACAF Champions League, I think that takes a little bit of pressure off of you as you, like, get it into the playoffs just because, you know, you at least have that to fall back on, you know, if you don't win MLS Cup. But... I think you should be thinking with that mentality. Yeah. But <laughs> that being mm-hmm. said, uh, I, I would say that... Maybe you, you you pull one or two guys out against Orlando. Yeah, maybe Parker slides into the lineup. Yeah, but... yeah, for de- defense for sure, because, like, LGP is a guy you would or, – or Miles, one of the two, mm-hmm. maybe somebody you'd want to pull back. Um, maybe this is a Lorena
1: start. I know he just started against Portland but that's know, where you'll see rotation and that's what you might learn who those holds are going to be because you'd imagine right the, the 2 D, there'll be the other one on the bench rotate in Nagby being. maybe sits on mean, sits, his work rate against Portland was
0: very high so maybe Nagby's on the bench again look I don't want the never have lost to Portland thing or never have lost to Orlando thing to stop I mean who wants that you know nobody um, but at the same time Open Cup is extremely important yeah
1: um and Elliot says to put Gressel on the bench. I would be all for that. The thing is, Franco Escobar is out. Who are you going to put? Going back to something I talked about months ago. Where's George Bella? You only have yeah. Well, hopefully be- <laughs> Bella back on the left soon. But you don't have you don't have anyone else that can play on on the right that That's I know of uh, at this point. So you kind of have to play Julian Gressel. I personally agree with you, Sam. I'm going to play Barco, Joseph, PT. Yeah, I think I'm top. And hopefully yeah. you can. Generate a lead as you should because Orlando City are not good. And uh, I think particularly get Barco. Him, get him sucked off.
0: I think particularly Barco, Joseph, and Pity would be important if you do decide to rest Nagby. because yeah, you know true. you 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 need as much <laughs> in that attack as you can get. Uh, if Nagby isn't there to kind of help push. But realistically,
1: ones. I don't. I don't think we'll see much rotation. I, I think more or less a full strength lineup, and the fact that you played more or less full-strength lineup in a Campiones Cup match, which technically doesn't mean as much, no. shows that certainly for a league match against a quote-unquote rival uh, that you're going to play something close to your first choice, eleven with maybe one or two changes.
0: <laughs> well, and we know how vital home field advantage is for Atlanta United. I mean, let's not Especially, kid ourselves. And, yeah. This team is much better at home than they are on the road, although great win at Portland. But, or, I mean, so I think that when you have to factor all this in, these league games are vitally important. You know, you can't afford to drop points to Orlando. So,
1: yep. Yep. single elimination in the playoffs, it really does. That's another thing. That completely changes the I mean. Like, And we talked about that a while back. I'm not a big fan of the system, but it does make the regular season matter more. It I does, mean, because you want to be as yeah, high as you can. And especially, like you said, with Atlanta, you've been the be- best team in the league at home uh, and uh, have struggled on the road. If you can get the one seed in the East – your favorite to, to go to MLS Cup. Yeah, hands absolutely. Down. absolutely.
0: So, you know, I think that Atlanta needs to play cautiously a little bit in terms of who they play in this game, Maybe, but maybe more so in the midfield and the back line yeah. than in the attack mm-hmm. because, you, because you need to be able to go down there score goals. Although, maybe this is a game we see Tito do. You know, Tito historically has played very well against Orlando. Yeah,
1: and he's – its I, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, we're going to have to see what happens with him over the next month it's or sad, so. Man. It's sad, man. He just doesn't seem a big part of things right now. It's just not, I mean, not the fit. You and, know, and I know I, we I, haven't seen him much, but he doesn't really look – he doesn't look
0: the same. No, uh, and maybe, I, maybe that's mental. It's possible, yeah. you know, that he's not happy with the situation and how things are yeah, going right now. Sure. So, uh, you know, that's speculation, but I'm just saying that, yeah, I agree with you. He hasn't looked – this player, because even when he's not great on form, he always he looks like he's out there, out there around like a you know chicken with his. Yeah, right. And I like know. he's been like the guy that's giving his all like at all times, and that hasn't looked the same. Mm-hmm. So I'm not exactly sure, but hey, maybe Friday is a good time. Maybe though. we see te- exactly. Maybe you know maybe and then if, you would rest
1: one of those three. Barbara, yeah, maybe it's for Joseph. Joseph. Yeah,
0: who knows? Um So yeah, Orlando is going to be an interesting game. I would say that, you know, Atlanta, regardless of the lineup, is, is still... It's, I think they're in Orlando's head, man. Every time oh, yeah. Atlanta pl- plays Orlando, like, not only do the fans, Orlando fans just get super heard about everything it does. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, even at the All-Star game, they're, they're like, hurling obscenities at Guzan. <laughs> like, it's like, not for one night, you can't just, like, you know, put it down. In fact, you know, but it's great. It was they hilarious. doing that. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it just... It, it, and, and that trickled onto the field. I mean, you see the looks that Will Johnson gets on his face. You see all this stuff that happens when these two teams play. I would still say Atlanta should go down there and, and not really have any issues. But it is a good point that, you know, maybe Orlando players are, just because of the rivalry, maybe going in a little bit harder with their challenges uh, in anticipation of Atlanta United hosting Minnesota uh, in the uh, Open Final. Yeah, and and,
1: and, and I, you, would think, you would think that – this would be a match, considering what you did to what you did, what you did without Joseph Martinez. I mean, that shows you how in your head they, in their heads, you really are. Yeah. I mean, because you think he would be the guy, and you could kind of get that feeling of optimism going into that Cup semifinal in Orlando. That the, you know this was finally a time and a great opportunity to uh, finally get over the hump and beat Atlanta United. But if it doesn't happen without Joseph in the lineup, uh, and and with Barco playing what forty-seven minutes that match. It's gonna to be tough to do it over over a period with a more fit Atlanta. I mean, I think this is a match where you you start first choice eleven. Hopefully, you can get up big early and then rest some guys in the second half.
0: Yeah, oh, I agree. So, uh, it's just it's Orlando, man. O f y o. Read the shirt. Get yes, through them. Notice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, nobody cares uh, about their feelings or anything. And uh, Atlanta wants to win this game. And again, I think that if this were any other opponent in the league, I might say, yeah, pull some guys out. But yeah. you just you know you want to win this game. Uh, at least until some other new teams uh, get into the league that are, you know, you know, even more regionally close. Uh, what's closer St. Was closer to Atlanta than Atlanta than Orlando is because I know, I know Atlanta's like closest um, like Major League Baseball team they can play is Cincinnati, which is very strange. It's probably
1: pretty close, actually. That's what I'm saying, so yeah, I don't really know. It's a good, interesting, relevant
0: um, topic. Yeah, I haven't been to Orlando in a long time, and don't plan on going back anytime soon.
1: Um, well, although, listen, the theme parks are nice. It's really affordable, too, man. I, I, <laughs> I've had a, I've been to Orlando twice, and I just, I mean, now with uh, with coaching, I can't go, on, certainly on a Friday, but uh, it's, it's, it's a fun time. It's no, a fun no. time. I mean, it's a weekend, yeah. but then you're doing it. I'm you're, sure,
0: sure they make you feel very well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, <laughs> I feel like and like I go to Orlando, I feel like i it's my, my city and and not theirs, so.
0: Yeah, and it just goes back to the, uh, you know, Joseph wasn't even in Orlando the last time, and Atlanta still won, yeah. and then that video for Joseph. And Joseph still wasn't <laughs> embarrassing the most of anybody, yeah, right. Orlando! <laughs> what an incredible... <laughs> I love Joseph so much. Like, like, just as a player, just as like, and this is what we'll wrap the podcast with because I feel like we gushed over him earlier uh, for his uh, you know all English interview. Which again, to me, was not important that he did it really in all English. I don't really care what he what language he knows (laughs) or doesn't. And and I think that's a stigma that we get in America. You know, that's like that's like oh, you're in this country, speak, speak, um. For Joseph to do it, it, it shows that you know he was comfortable enough and up to speed enough in his English. This isn't just like Fox Sports South. This was FS1, yeah, it was on national television, national media that, that he's doing this interview with. And uh, the best part was at the end when he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, "It was a beautiful goal," and then the reporter's like, "Yes, it was." <laughs> yeah, man,
1: thank you. Was just, what a goal too. Saying. Yeah. So I do this. So if you listen this far, tweet at MLTS Podcast. What the heck was that amazing Josephs of Finland in Portland? Was yeah, it a I, Was it a strike? I hear a lot of people saying it's a little it's a little shoddy. Yeah. Held or one, or one, two, we, down. we
0: came to a conclusion in the Dirty South Soccer Slack that it's a, like this is a golf shot analogy, a stinger draw. So it was like a low stinger. So a stinger is when you like don't want the ball to get too far off the ground. Uh-huh. So you want to drive it. So it was like a stinger and then it sort of, you know,
1: did that too. So it was like a little bit of a, a draw to the left. Oh, okay, so it, so it's kind of like a, a low, low-ish driven curving... Right. Yeah. And so,
0: that I mean, because, again, it's deceptively powerful. Like, you yeah. watch the video, and it, It's it, crazy. It has, know. like, the speed of a chip, ch- but it wasn't a chip, and like, it, it was just incredible. And, like, Joseph did, didn't even really know what to call it. Uh, he was just like, well, you know, the
1: keeper was off his line, and, you know, I kind of... Just get it. My only take on it was. Uh, like I, Jay I thought, here. You know, it was Joseph playing it. Yeah, it was Joseph. Yeah. Because it looked like he, he he wanted to chip, but his setup touch kept the ball kind of too close to him. Right. So he did this weird in between. It's not like a scoop. All yeah, time. this like, weird in between. Because when he first hit it, I was like, oh, he tried to chip him. It's way over. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, I was like, okay, he's going to try to chip. He he, he approached the ball he was like he was going to try to chip it. And then and then when I was like, the, the pace on the ball is, oh my God, it's going to be 20. You know, well, that was, uh, well, that was the things I said in the dirty you, south. You you south the the straight, like the dirty south sock slack, where it
0: was almost like, you know, when you're playing FIFA and you hit the finesse button and you want to curl it like top corner, but like if you hold it a millisecond too long, it's going flying like around yeah. or over the bar. Yeah. He hit it the perfect amount and yeah. it curved right in that top kind yeah. of corner. Is the beautiful finish. And we, as Atlanta, as I was saying a minute ago, just in the lexicon of Atlanta athletes, I mean, this guy is v- 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 rapidly. Rising the ranks. I mean, you go through Atlanta. You know, you, you go through like the like the Nine Braves, the, the pitching staff with, with Glab and Maddox, Smalls. Uh, you go to Chipper, Chipper, Andrew yeah. Jones. I mean, Dominique, I, I mean, Dominique, Dominique yeah. Wilkins, the Hawks. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Smith, Smith Mookie, like a lot those teams. Probably, I mean, even though, yeah, yeah, Dion absolutely for two teams. I mean, for mm-hmm. the Falcons and the Braves. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, Joseph's just ascending. <laughs> I, I, I see it on Twitter all the time. The you know the, the build the statue thing for Joseph, but it's like. That's. I mean, I don't know how far off we are from that. And you have a
1: perfect statue, him on his knee. Oh, the you knee. Know, the, the celebration. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's. Yeah, a that's a shirt statue. you're gonna see very
0: soon. By the way, um, just uh, an FYI, a little spoiler. Ooh. Um, but yes, uh, in more works. from Breaking Tea yeah, and in so. the work, works. In the works. But uh, anyway, that, that stuff, you know, uh, dotting the i's, guys eyes, the t. So don't want to get far ahead of ourselves here. But um, yeah, I mean, you have got a perfect pose for it. And what did I see the other day? Seventy one goals in seventy five games. That's absurd. Yeah. Like, I want to say something that I should have to
1: bleep out for them. That's ridiculous. It's funny because he had a little stretch last year where I think he didn't score in four matches, and then early this season he didn't score in, like, three. And, like, that's a bad run of form for Absolutely. him. Absolutely. You know, where, like, Absolutely. people like, oh, is this not the same guy? And, you know, I mean, uh, even better is that he's scoring those goals. He loves the city, but he works his butt off for the team. I mean, he was a guy, even when things, when things were early, even early, early in the season. He was also a guy, I don't forget, that actually came out and complained about Frank DeBoer in the media, but he was never a guy that, that, that stopped working hard. I mean, no. you would see him get frustrated, you would see him You know, even yelled at the bench during that Seattle match. But he was a guy that was giving 100% at all times. And Man, I love his team. leadership, though, because he's, yeah. he's a guy who's like,
0: if things aren't going right, he'll grab you, he'll yell at you,
1: he'll be that leader on the field. And I think he's a guy, as a manager, that you would – like, players always criticize the coaching staff when things are going wrong, yeah. right? You're, so the fans. You're looking for some, someone to blame other than admitting your performance just wasn't good enough. And the right, fans also Joseph, don't want to
0: blame the blame because those are the people they're Right, right, you have the towards
1: them. And, of course, you don't want to admit in, in most cases, you know, like uh, – uh, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, you don't want to admit that maybe your team just isn't that good. Well, the manager, uh, a lot of the times is a scapegoat, the manager is the least popular of, yeah. you know, guy affiliated with but the team. But I, what I was going to say is I think Joseph is a guy that if you're a manager, you would listen to because he's someone that even if things are going poorly, Lead, he's giving example. you everything on the mm-hmm. field. Even if he's out there, uh, you know, doing his little striker, uh, complaining, you know, <laughs> moping that people used to, used to bother people. And if you watch, oh, But then if you geez. watch just the way he works when he's supposed to work – his per- can you believe that? Was can we go back to those toast teasers? Or- what's jojo has
0: been around for? <laughs> okay,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> we need to just
1: dig up tweets. I
0: know, man. I want to have an episode where we just go back yeah. and trash everything that we yeah, used we to really say do. about this team. Because, yeah, a all moping around. I'm sure I said
1: that. I am not, you know. I'm I, not- I actually don't remember <laughs> you guys saying that. I don't know, man. it's sounds more like an Eric thing. But, yeah, uh, you're probably right. I- also, what's
0: up, Eric? How's Bonavideo treating you?
1: Stay right. Yeah, so that's the last two. two th- so, two things if you listen this far, and we'll, we'll get out of here at MLTS Podcast on Twitter. What are we calling the, the that Joe Joseph finish, whatever that was? And number two, this is big. This is big. And we've talked about this a little this a little. How can huh. we keep Eric out of country yeah. for the rest of the season? Yeah. And he said, he – I saw that meat he's eating down there. So I, Eric is yeah, looking yeah, real good. I, I Eric sounds like he's down yeah. to stay. So, whatever you guys can do. You know, we have to sacrifice for the better of our club. Do, do
0: any of you know anyone in the State Department? Can can we do a passport revocation? Is that? I mean, there are lots of people <laughs> that are, well, we're going to get too
1: political here. But well, I'm, I'm sure they'd be happy, happy to do
0: it. I regretted saying State Department
1: immediately when I said it. <laughs> but hey, whatever you can do, I mean, if you got to get political, get political. Just keep them out of the c- country. <laughs> our five stripes need it. And just let us know your thoughts know your, because we're really trying, trying to do a thing to— We can. I mean, he's been gone and he won a freaking trophy. I mean... I mean, I think it's pretty clear. You can't argue with results. Sure. And, and Eric, Eric, Mike. I mean, I think he he seemed sad about it when people told him not to come back. But I, I think he understands. And look, we've got a good little to bungalow
0: done. going on here. If we have to keep recording here, you know, we'll do it for the benefit of the team, uh, as long as Eric could, stays. could. he out still of be it.
1: on the podcast if he was like skyping in from? See, I don't Florida think we even might, We
0: don't want to mess with that. You know, yeah, that, that right. seems like some funky juju. If we were gonna
1: life. mess with it, it should have been this week because we're playing. We're playing or you're gonna win anyway. We could have that. True. Shame on us. That
0: is true. That is on us. At Josh B nine one four or at Sam J Franco at M O T S podcast. Look us up on YouTube M O T S podcast as well. Although I don't know why I said that if you're watching us now because you're obviously. But you can go and
1: subscribe and you can watch and listen live in the future and comment along. Smash
0: that subscribe button. I think that's a thing that i thing that a thing that a that uh, you guys tuning in, and uh, last but not least for my pitch, yeah. If you want one of these, uh, as we do play Orlando coming up this Friday, head to breakingt.com, and uh, yeah, yeah, be able to find one of these. And such so sweet Atlanta uh, merch that yours truly has been involved with too. So, be uh, uh, there if you want to take a look at that. But that'll wrap things up for us. Josh, Sam, thank you so much for listening. Thank Atlanta you. beat Orlando, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again hopefully. After a Open Cup triumph Indeed. on Tuesday. So I guess uh, Eric will be back. and. Uh,
1: well, we'll see. We'll uh, see. It's mm. up to all of us to keep him out. Talk to you all next week.